Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Rescue Podcast. Not yet. Not yet. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting at HAI Heli Expo 2023. We are at the United States Coast Guard booth, uh, booth number 4562, and we are recording live at the show. I've got a couple guys at the Coast Guard. Now, they are holding and chomping at the bit to crack this can of beer. I get to drink some pilots, officer pilots at that. So let's do it, boys. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, oh snap! Man. Hey, cheers, man. That's some good hey, coordination. Cheers. Thank cheers. you guys for your service. Same and to you. you know, I'm glad I could be part of the Coast Guard with you guys. It's awesome. Yep. What are you drinking over there? What do you got? You know what? I'm not even sure. It's whatever you threw in the can. Uh, we got we got some local brews here. We oh, that's what I'm talking about. Hold on. I've got a wild leap craft beer. Yeah. Chance Indian Pale Ale. Ooh. That's good. That is good. Ryan? You know what's funny about this is like the Hangar Z boys would be so proud. What's the drink of the day? Come on, John. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I, got the, uh, I got the Cloud Cloudland Hazy IPA from Steady Hand Beer Company right here in Atlanta. Yeah, we Ooh, strolled into that brewery. Delicious. It's a good one. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, we just kind of found it at a, at a whim. It's good. Very good beer. Excellent. We're steamrolling you. Come on, Nick. All right, Sweetwater Lager. Lager, a little bit on the lighter side, but okay. very tasty. A bit of lager. Yeah. Yeah. Do you You're like a lager IPA guy. a little bit better? Uh, no, I like lagers. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's okay. a lager cool. guy. Yeah, cool. that's yeah. cool. I dig it. Right on. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, oh, real quick, we got to mention this. Like I said, we're at the U.S. Coast Guard booth at HAI Heli Expo 2023. Uh, if anybody's interested in joining the Coast Guard or wants more information from the Coast Guard, yes, we do have to throw a little ad in here. You can call the Coast Guard. Is it still one eight hundred US Get USCG? GoCoastGuard.com. GoCoastGuard.com. Go Come on, man. It's 2023. I know, right? GoCoastGuard.com. Yeah. Or <laughs> pull at, out the at USCG yeah, for at Facebook USCG. or Instagram. That's yep. right. Yep. You know, send them a message, and yeah. uh, and you can get all the information. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, so me and Nick here, I'm gonna let you guys introduce him. But we're uh, Coast Guard Rescue Swimmers, or at least I still am. Yes. Except for I haven't been in for like ten years, so <laughs> <laughs> it's right here. It's it's in my mind. It you never, never formally transferred out, though. I never did, you know? dude. <laughs> it's terrible. So if you guys don't mind, introduce yourself. A uh, little back, or not a little background. Just introduce yourself. Who's here today? Yeah, Ryan Vanahai, uh, one of the creators, producer for Flight Suit Friday, the Coast Guard's aviation podcast. So I've been working with Quinny a little bit on putting all this uh, podcast stuff together at HAI. So, man, I appreciate it. It's been awesome. Oh, it's been fun, man. Yeah, Sam Happensteiner. I'm a wannabe podcaster for sure. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing with the uh, show that we got going on, but, man, I love it. And, and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing, too, Quinny. This this uh, this whole genre is really cool to talk about. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Nick Litchfield, I'm a wannabe to the wannabe podcaster. Nice, dude. Um, you know, just get <laughs> he is the future of yeah, Flight Suit Friday. The next one, yeah, nice. absolutely. You are the f- you're the new face, dude. Oh boy, sorry, dude, I you look good. The new mustache. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Best stuff softening up there. I uh, dude, I know. <laughs> hey, you want to know why I'm not drinking IPAs and drinking lagers? Oh, IPAs make you thick, bud. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Duly noted. You do have a nice dump truck, right? Go yeah. on. That's awesome. So, yeah, you guys have created the Flight Suit Friday podcast. And uh, actually, Ryan, if you don't mind, how and why did that start? Sure. Well, um, I had a long commute in Mobile, and uh, I wanted something to listen to that I actually enjoyed, you know, like podcasts. And it worked out. COVID, it actually helped in this sense of during COVID, pilots' wardrooms were really struggling with coming together, telling stories. We lost that sitting around the beer campfire mentality of, you know, sitting around telling stories, what what happened, lessons learned, what's going on in the in the fleet, in the wardroom. And we want to bring that to them, bring that to everybody, and really impact the culture of Coast Guard Aviation. Mm-hmm. You know, 
we I tried to compile a team of humble, funny dudes <laughs> that are just I like it. Yeah, they just yeah. wanted to tell the stories, yeah. right? And we want to reach out, get as many voices as we could in aviation, tell as many stories as we could. Here are the awesome SAR cases. Say, oh yeah, that was that was a dumb pilot moment. Don't do that again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Share this stuff because that's the culture that we need in aviation is being humble, being honest, and just telling sweet stories, right? Yeah, because right. that's what everybody wants to hear. And we have a sick fascination with cool star cases sometimes because it's like, man, yeah, that was scary. And then in the back of your head, you're like, oh, man, that. I wonder if I could have done that, right? Yeah. I wonder yeah. what I would have done if I was in that situation. And I love that feeling that I get when I hear other people tell their stories. And it's so humbling and so inspiring to hear them tell their stories. So, man, that's what we do. I still remember when he asked me to do the podcast for the first time. And he I said, was I was like, crazy. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I had, like, I wasn't even in front of a microphone yet and I had butterflies in my stomach. I was <laughs> oh. like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just so grateful for Ryan to, to have that idea. Ryan, Ryan's the kind of guy who loves to create ideas, start a program, and then he runs away. Like, and then you just, oh, that's hilarious. He, and it's usually he transfers and everybody's like, oh, this is such a good idea, but we don't have like the creative brain that this guy's got to keep it going. Uh, but it's, he's transferred and it's still going. I mean, we're 60 episodes strong and that's awesome. Uh, hopefully we've got a few listeners out there, but um, yeah. Just getting the stories out there for Coast Guard Aviation, I think it's been really fun. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, just talking to other people who are, have similar experiences or completely different experiences, you just learn. You're yeah. just always learning, which is great in the aviation uh, community. Well, so. it's one of the things that I really like about it, too, because you take uh, a story that you might not hear. And for you guys, specifically in Coast Guard, you know, the U.S. Coast Guard is, is a small service, but it's a big service. And a lot of guys in Kodiak, Alaska did not hear about the story that happened in Miami, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Or Cape Cod, Massachusetts did not hear what happened in San Francisco, California. Yeah. It just, it doesn't cross-pollinate very well unless it's like some dramatic, huge case and you're like, wow, you know? So I like the fact that you guys are doing this and helping the community inside the Coast Guard standards and stories and lessons learned. I think this is an awesome way to do it. It's one of the things that I really enjoy about this podcast, the Real Rescue Podcast, and what I'm doing. So yeah, it also um, gives us an opportunity to talk shit about the uh, fixed wing community too, which is always oh, yeah. always yeah. fun as a rotorhead. Always fun. maybe the you, sixty community too, and the sixty. Time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The yeah, 60 yeah I, I'm not saying a word, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you, you, you were sixty five and sixty, or just I 60s? did them both. Yeah, yeah. Okay. both. Yeah. All right. And right yeah. now, I've flown like eleven different aircrafts on like seven different countries. Okay, so yeah. you had a favorite. Yeah, which was the favorite? I, we know that you had a favorite. I'm sorry. I, I'm drinking beer. I'm drinking beer. Come oh, on, sixty five. You know what? Oh, I love man. sixty, man. I, I I won't lie to you guys. I uh, the sixty. Uh, there's something about the sixty. I just absolutely love it. Anyway, so Dan had said to me, you know, like it's easy to do SAR in a capable aircraft. That's the A60. Try doing it in a sixty five where you gotta like, you know, numbers are fudged and, and not fudged. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> pushing the limits. Pushing the limits. All right. Yeah. And you know what? I like. I did a lot of hours on the sixty five. I went out. Um, I had an, uh, like an over torque, you know, which seems to happen quite often or yeah. torque split. Maybe. I don't know. I, I know that we were going out to approach the vessel that was taking on water and all of a sudden we were going home. I was like, well, that, that was, yeah. Over torque. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Sound like an over torque. That yeah. sounds like yeah. an over torque. Yeah. We landed, we switched aircraft and went back out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly an unfortunate <laughs> time to get an over torque too. Oh yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like, dude, we're about to get into it. Everybody's, yeah. uh, Oops, totally everybody's uh, ready. Yeah. Adrenaline's pumping <laughs> and, and we're going away. Yeah. So, Nick, now for you coming on to this, this is a very unique experience for you and I because 
you're a rescue swimmer first and now you transition pilot. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, like, so how, how is this mixed in with you? How are you digging it? This has been great. It's a great transition. Um, I do, I, I miss being a rescue swimmer. I miss being in the AST shop. I miss working out every day for two hours. Right. I miss playing sports. I miss social hour. You know what I mean? There's, Dude, there's a lot of stuff that I miss about. See it. these guns right here? Dude, yeah. I checked put these those in. away. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Put those away. Um, <laughs> Nick just, was showing his. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, easy, oh, okay. easy, easy. I got a little 22s over here, man. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about these things. <laughs> They're concealed too. Um, but dude, it's been a good transition, and and um and and I really like doing what I'm doing now. I like um I like being an aircraft commander. I like having a crew. You know what I mean? I like, yeah. and I like driving the train sometimes too. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. fun. It's cool. It. Uh, uh, I, I asked for more responsibility around my ten-year mark. You know, in the Coast Guard, I was either going to get out of the Coast Guard and look for a different opportunity, or I was going to get some more responsibility in the Coast Guard. And I got what I asked for, man. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I've heard the saying like, "Be careful what you ask for." Uh yeah. You better be careful. <laughs> Next thing you know, you might just get you, it. You know what the best part is, man? I was like, you know, I think I want to be a pilot. And guess what I get to do? I get to be a morale officer. Yeah. <laughs> oh a urinalysis officer. Yeah. Uh, basically the P boss, right? Yeah. Um, all these fun little jobs that I never even thought about. <laughs> still get to fly, though. I still get to fly. Still yeah. get That's pretty badass, man. I yeah. like it. And Jason, I know we're going to get into the stories, but I just want to give these guys a shout out, too, because like the Flight Suit Friday podcast, we do it all on our own time. Right, it's all about our passion and our drive to get better and to improve Coast Guard aviation. Like innately, we just want that, right? And I mean, it was two in the morning last night, and we were recording a podcast because we wanted to, because we started a conversation about safety, and we just turned the mics on because we're like so passionate about this, yeah. and we want so badly to make ourselves better to make the community better that we just dive into it and so the level of effort that the team puts forward to make this podcast a thing it is not something that comes easy we play it off as easy shooting the shooting the shit like drinking beer right but we put so much effort into it because we have such a desire to make something of this show and to make something of the community and that's all these guys uh, that's right awesome. now if you that's, saw kenny and i scrambling before we record for three minutes where we're like where, well, who are we talking to like what are the questions like how are we going to do this episode real quick dude are you ready to go yeah okay here's the start start music ready to begin yeah bro I that's can't, how we do it that's, that's kind of funny yeah. i can't do that because i'm usually reading in like an award and if i don't practice the award that's, oh yeah that's terrible yes like yeah it's oh i send these we guys have, the award the air medal write up and uh, they'll read the header, or the first line, and then shut the laptop and just go. Oh, rookie move. Way, you no, got to read the whole just thing. Crazy. Oh, you never gave Emphasize. us any awards to read, dude. <laughs> no, we, we do. Actually, we, that's one of my favorite parts about our uh, podcast is, and I, I wish people would give us more of these, but we routinely send out emails to people in the fleet like, hey, give us some shout outs because we'd love to just rep whatever cool star case that you just had. And, yeah. uh, you know, like every once in a while we'll get a good email and it'll dive into just, you know, we can highlight somebody or we get an email. It's like, wow, that is a an exceptional case like hey do you guys want to chit chat about it so um the more word we can get out to yeah. the coasties out there for us to to just support you like we love doing that heck yeah absolutely love doing that oh uh, you can send them to me too i would yeah. love to have them on this show yeah so you bet, man real rescue is like it's just, just a metaphor it's real it's real <laughs> yep it's real man yeah. i like it i like yeah. it well speaking yep. of rescues let's uh let's hear a couple of you guys now you guys are still in the coast guard all right so here's what i'd love to hear I'd like to hear each one of your very first rescue that you remember, you know, okay. and or 
No, just your first one. What was your first one? Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, first one. Well, the first time the SAR alarm went off, I uh, was real gung-ho <laughs> and ran into the locker <laughs> to put on my dry suit and uh, tripped and fell, putting oh, my dry suit no. on because I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, this is it, man. This is my time yep. to shine. We have a missing kayaker. I'm gone. <laughs> so oh I'm God, sprinting to the locker, getting the dry suit on, trip and fall. Finally get the thing on. It's backwards. Got to take it off again. <laughs> so finally get the dry suit on the right way. And I walk out of the locker room uh, and go to the, straight to the command center because in Humboldt, co-located sector, right? That's where we would meet up as a crew right in front of the command center door. I get there. The entire crew's there, dressed out, ready to go. And the aircraft commander's like, man, where you been? We, we got to sit down like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Busy yeah, rolling around the floor. Alarm, right? oh, just like man. rolling around the floor in the locker and just totally <laughs> lost. Uh, yeah, because like that's that was the... Good first star case right yeah, there. Yeah, my yeah. first star case, yeah. you know, just totally You know, it, it kind of counts. I'm going to count it, but <laughs> I was hoping that you'd actually go do something, not stand okay. down. By the way, we get stood down a lot. So, oh, so much. Know. Yeah. No, my first star case, we... Uh, First actual SAR case uh, was in a couple months out of T course and what is T course? Sorry, uh, sorry. The transition course for so after Navy flight school, you go to Mobile for a couple months and learn how to fly the sixty five. Got so it. And are, that's known as the T course. Yep. You are cool. yep. now, 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 now the designation, designation course. course. Oh, got it. Sure. Yeah, you got to remember, sorry. I am not a pilot. XATC guy. Swimmer. Yeah. I got to make sure I know all these uh, abbreviations. <laughs> yeah. So you're just baby pilot, right? Um, Four, 500 hours. You don't really have a lot of experience at that point. And it was one of those days, it was a weekend duty, beautiful sunny day. It's just nothing can go wrong. You're just out playing Frisbee golf. You know, there's no fog anywhere, clear blue skies. And we got a, uh, the alarm went off for a 16 year old boy had his chest crushed by a log. Um, so he had just got hit by one of the logs that just floats in the Pacific. Oh, man. Because um, they were out wade fishing or something. And so we run out there. We're um, headed headed on scene. And um, this R case actually kind of like messed with me a little bit initially because I had done the weight calculations wrong in the aircraft initially. And so we waited on deck for a couple minutes to burn down before we realized I was wrong. We actually could have taken off. And so like times of the essence, right? And you're just freaking out. It was just one of those things. New guy um, just makes makes an error, right? And then we get on scene. Um, we quickly roll in. Cal Fire was there on scene already, but they didn't have a medic or litter or anything because they were on a like base training, like pattern meter flight. So they took off from the beach. We rolled around barely finished the landing checks, definitely assessed that landing zone. Thankfully, I was with a very experienced pilot, put it down beautifully on the beach. And then I had to jump out as the co-pilot and go run 50 yards down the beach and help with the litter and help load the guy so that the flight mech could get the cabin ready. So I ran out with the swimmer to go um, help him out. And he had loaded the guy in the in the litter and then I help uh, carry it back to the helo, run back around, jump in, and then we were off and landed at the hospital like in r crazy amount of time. Like once we actually got off deck, we got the kid to the hospital really as fast as we possibly could have. Um, minimal time, super experienced uh, AC running the show, landed at the hospital pad. They run, get the guy out into the hospital and um, we gave him like 
the very best chance that we could have at nice. making it. But he was um, he was beat up pretty bad, Dang. and it unfortunately didn't work out. And it was one of those cases that just kind of like. Unfortunately, not everything works out the way you want it to. Right, um, right, right. Totally. But that was the reason I told that one instead of one of my more successful like first R cases is just because that that just gave me the lesson of like one, um, really stay in the books because you want to be able to perform when it matters. Right, right. Um, and keep a level head because that will help you perform when it matters. Right. And then um, also to don't be afraid to get help afterwards because that was a gnarly first case for me right yeah. like seeing a 16 year old kid that was really messed up on the beach helping out working through some of the like mistakes that i had made realizing that that really wouldn't have done anything anyway because cal fire was in the way at the time and would have had to back out so it all worked out but it was it just highlighted to me of train hard so that you can perform when it matters and then don't be afraid to get help afterwards if if you need it you know so those were the really big lessons that I took away from that case. Nice, man. Dang. Sorry to start it off with a bummer. No, no man, dude. That, that's kind of how my career started off hey. with a bummer, you know? Yeah. That, that's well, tough. you said, yeah. I mean, it's a bummer for sure, but, like, you you did what you could. You yeah. Did, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. having the Coast Guard go out and do that mission is a tough one, but, like, we got to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. In and fact, we, we give them every effort we could have. Yeah. We never know what we're going to get launched up for. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, all of us stand duty and. All of us are capable of doing it, and I, I say it on this podcast constantly. We are all very capable and on duty, and when the alarm goes off, we're going to go do the job. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Nope. Because we never know. Exactly. No, so. we do not. And even when you think you know, you don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. always wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> what, what was that change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. All right. Dude, I've heard what that one before. What do I got? Uh, so I was just, I was looking at my list. Uh, this is something that. Oh, you got a list? Well. Oh, come on, Sam. No, this, this is a, a thing I started doing, like, when I had for my first rescue was I'd, I'd throw it in my phone, and I'd write down, like, who it was, what it was, just, like, a couple notes about it. Ooh, so that, I like, like that. smart. you know, when I'm, like, 60, and I was like, oh, I remember that time. And, oh, shoot. Like, that was, that was pretty gonna fun. He's going to be that guy when he's 60. Yep. You know yeah. what? No, <laughs> but honestly, I kind of like it's it. It's awesome. So. I love it. Your, no, grand, I love your it. grandkids are going to love that. They're going to be they like, will. Grandpa, can you tell me that story about that one Dude. time you yeah. saved that guy off that boat? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, let me break up my We're just jealous. That's as long as Google Docs doesn't disappear. Why is Sam so smart? I always on top of everything. I can't tell you how many things I've just stolen from Sam. Yeah. So the. I, I have a similar uh, experience to Ryan putting on his dry suit backwards and falling over in the locker room. But like, so <laughs> what is the, it with you pilots, dude? I, I so think dumb. it's you know what it is. Is it's the uh, that first rescue. Like you are so new, you're like, and you're so excited, and you just want to get out there and get it done. So uh, I was with uh, this guy Blake McKinney. Uh, I think he just recently retired in San Francisco. First live hoist. I was sitting left seat, so I didn't do any of the hoisting, but. Blake, third tour pilot, probably 3,500 hours, as experienced as you can get, like flew 12 straight years in the 65. And so alarm goes off. He has me run out there. Uh, I try to start some of it up from the left seat. I don't get very far. He jumps in, and I swear to God, I didn't know where we were until we were in a hover over the Napa River, at, like getting ready to hoist. Like it, wow. it was so quick. Like he, he just was, he was really quick cause he's really experienced. Yeah. And I was just trying to like get my bearings. Uh, you were hanging on to the, uh, the tail I was section. Hanging on to the hang on to the Fenestron, man. Fenestron. I was hanging on the Fenestron, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it was a great case. We ended up taking, uh, uh, Eli Bell was our rescue swimmer and, um, Misha Vargas was our flight mech. 
uh, two kayakers got stranded out. Like I think the tide went out or whatever, and it was cold, so we went and picked them up. But uh, that that was my first ever case uh, that I did. That I just I remember it being just it was just so crazy that I had just gotten out of T course. I was in the seat. And we were all of a sudden hoisting, and I was just like, "Holy shit! Like, what's happening right now?" Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, that escalated quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wait, I'm actually doing this job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where were you stationed at? San Fran. Yeah, I was in San Francisco. Right on. Yeah. So okay. I, had a, I had a couple chances to do some live hoist, and I can tell you about those. But Nick's got way better stories yeah. than I. I will say man. real quick, I've you've told me that story before, and it's actually changed my mentality as now one of the more senior guys at a SAR unit. It's changed my mentality of like. Don't forget that this person might not be where you're at in your essay yeah, mental yeah. model. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's it's that is a lesson that I've tried to take with me, and it's because of that story that you've told me before. Yeah, has changed my mindset. That's a good point. Cases. Sometimes head nods don't always mean I understand either. No, no, yeah, no. It might yeah. be like, hey, yeah, you see the I'm you see the airport right now? Yep. Yeah. You don't yeah, know. No, <laughs> you don't. No, you're no, telling you me what I want to hear right now, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I do. I do distinctly remember my first live voice, though. Uh, that was uh, uh, off of the Channel Islands. We had a dive patient who um, ended up having a stroke when he was down underwater, and uh, so I had just been recently right seat skills qualified. Uh, I wasn't nighttime qualified yet, and we went out at sunset. And Bruce Kimmel was the other pilot and let me sit right seat. So excited, uh, Dave Munns and uh, Danny Gomez on that one. And uh, it, it was a pretty seamless one. Like we got out, pretty big boat, and they got underway. Uh, the exact direction we wanted to and picked him up, got him to the hospital, all good. Uh, the nice part about that one was his uh, daughter was a firefighter in Berkeley and there was a retired rescue swimmer who worked for the Berkeley Fire Department. So we actually got some closure and, and because wow. we got that guy to the hospital in time, he, he actually made it. So that's cool. You know, within, you know, that's, a 10 minute awesome. window of when he, he wouldn't have been. I feel like that's so something hot. that we don't do very, very well. And of course there's HIPAA and all that stuff, yeah. but right. um, following up with some of the survivors or Dude. the folks from medevacs that we drop off at hospitals, like it, it, it requires the individual to like put some effort into it. You know, the, 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 the crew to basically oh, yeah. like follow yeah. up, be like, Hey man, what, what, what was the outcome with this person? But it is rewarding when you go to the hospital and visit that person and bring them like a station patch or something. Dude, Dude it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. I, I actually, I'm going to jump on board with that because, you know, it's not something I even thought about in the Coast Guard. And I we've talked about this in this podcast too, is you go save somebody and then the first thing we go back, fuel the aircraft, maybe wash it. Oh, yeah. Through flight it, post flight it, put it away. Yep. Now we're back in the lounge, chilling, watching TV. Yep. Good outcome, bad outcome, it didn't matter. We're back in the lounge, waiting for the next call. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it wasn't until I became a civilian and I started flying civilian side, and I started working with medics, and they're like, "Oh, let's follow up." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, you can do that? Like, I can, I can call a hospital and find out how they're doing." They're like, "Well, yeah." I'm like, "Oh." This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. 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 Closure. Yeah. It's interesting. Closure. Yeah. You're like, okay, what, what was the outcome? Right. You know, I don't know. No, it's, it's, it, there is something to be said about it. And for everybody else that doesn't know that you can, you can call the hospital, tell them, you know, you're not asking for personal information. You're saying, Hey, I am X agency and I have to use X because I'm talking to all agencies uh -huh. out there. Hey, we just dropped off a patient. We're just looking for follow up. Are they okay? It, you know, did they... Did they, you know, did everything work out, you know, and go from there. So, yep. and since then I, I try to, it's, 
you know, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, Nick, um, you're up. Okay, first arcade. Just blow uh, us out. Of now, wait a minute. Is this oh, yeah. swimmer first arcade or is this? Yeah, I'd like to, you know, actually, <laughs> he's way. Probably all the stories are mostly swimmer stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun, man. Why do I get a lot of good experience, man? Yeah. Good to see next to this guy. I can't even compete with the mustache either. You know, the, the, the first one was a little bit sad, but um, uh, it was Winter Air Station Cape Cod. Shout out. Awesome nice. air station. They're they're having they're doing good work up there right now. Oh yeah. Um, follow them on Instagram and everything, dude. They're just crushing it. But uh, we got launched um, in the middle of the night, fishing vessel Patriot, and it was for a possible boat that had a uh, like a smoke or fire alarm, and that's basically all the information that we had. So we go up there, Gloucester. It's always Gloucester, Gloucester. Massachusetts. Gloucester. It's Gloucester. Yeah. It's not, it's Gloucester. Gloucester. Okay, it's not Gloucester, it's Gloucester. Gloucester. Are you, are you Gloucester. from Massachusetts? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I am. Yeah, that, I'm wicked smart. That too. came out real good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we go to the Pack Bar, we go to the Sox game. Come oh, we got to go to the Sox game. got to yeah. go to the Sox game. Yeah, man. <laughs> go on. <laughs> um, yeah. Gloucester. You're Glo- up at Gloucester. That was, a culture sh- yeah. that was a culture shift for me, too, because I'm, I'm from sunny San Diego, and they're like, Air Station You're Cape like Cod. You're like, everything. Like, it's awesome. What's yeah, exactly. Gloucester? Gloucester? Worcester? You know, Worcester. Worcester. Worcester, But, yeah, we, we fly up to um, Massachusetts. I'm sorry, uh, Gloucester. 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 And, um, yeah, basically we're searching for the boat, and we don't see anything. And uh, we search and we search and we search. Very, very cold out. Finally, we find, like, a debris trail. And... Uh, uh, the uh, one of the other boats up there, I think it was an 87 foot launch. Their small boat. They found an individual fishing slicks, face down, Ugh. not alive. Um, and then uh, we continued to search, and we found the second individual and relocated them back to land. Um, not a good outcome. It was wow. uh, it was sad. We 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 ended up flying a 6.9 total flight hours. Dang. I was wow. very very tired. Um, um, That's a lot, by the way, 6.9. Yeah, reco- yeah. Recovering the individuals, bringing them back to land was was a little bit of closure, but nobody was pleased with the outcome. You know what I mean? It's just under those conditions, Massachusetts, wintertime, cold. very cold winter. Uh, yeah, very sad. And you know what? Massachusetts is like a weird cold, too, because it's like a... It's a weird cold. You get bone chilling cold. Oh, dude, it's, I've never been so cold. I used to come back from swimmer <laughs> flights, and uh, great shop, by the way. But uh, you remember those big um, spill kits, the big white containers full yeah. of pig mats? Yeah. So we converted that into like basically a jacuzzi. <laughs> and, and, and in Cape Cod, the wash rack was inside the hangar with the hot water and everything. So we wheel over the wash hose. Fill up the bu- fill up the big old bucket, and, and the guys would have it ready for you when you got back from your trainer or star case. Oh, that's Dude, awesome! You go straight from the helicopter. I I wouldn't even. I felt like I was walking on bones. My feet were so cold, <laughs> and you go jump right into that tub, man, and get yeah. all that salt water off, and just kind of defrost. Oh, so nice! Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a real Dang. swimmer solution, right there. Oh, it dude, totally yeah. Is. yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what? What? Uh, just real quick interjection. One of my favorite parts about you guys is you. We go out. We do an amazing rescue. We get back. You guys just walk away. You're just like living in the glory, <laughs> and you go, you go oh, back, yes. go back. You know, that's the you go that's jump the in the hot tub. You go jump in the hot tub. That's dude. such a pilot <laughs> hey guys, response. If you need me, yeah. I'm gonna be playing Xbox in the lounge. You know what, dude? The pilot, I'm busy like typing no away, like the case report, uh, blah blah no blah. Way, man. We're, we're turning around the basket. Right. We're turning around the quick drop. We're repacking the EMT all of our gear that nobody else wants to help with. Yeah, that is true. That is true. We're pressing play on on whatever. Show we left off on. Dude, you know just I mean? wipe your hands, walk away. Sorry, yeah, we're getting going. the massage chair warmed up. 
Sorry, man. That's all. I love that's it. All, that's all you know what? Don't forget when the press shows up. We, uh, we want to talk to the swimmer. Yeah. yeah every yeah. time. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, man, that's cool. Yeah. I am sorry that it was not a great outcome, uh, but, man, good job. Yeah. You know, for you and your crew and stuff. Yeah. I get it. Um, all right. So now let's go on to another one, which is just kind of a memorable case. Something that you guys have done that stands out to you. Uh, Ryan, how long have you been in the Coast Guard? Uh, 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. Nice. So. Okay. So you got a memorable one? Yeah. One that might stand out? Oh, definitely. All I right. Did. Hold that thought. Yeah. Sam, how long have you been in? 14. 14. So you're, yeah, right on. Yep. And Nick? 16 years. 16. Yeah. Yep. So you guys got, you, like, you're, you guys are in that weird stage, like, you're experienced, but you're not at, like, the sage part of the yeah. the end of your career yeah. where you've got... You know, you've, you've seen everything that the Coast Guard could throw at you. And at the same time, you know, you're still there learning. Yeah, we're all awesome. second tour pilots, too. So, like, I mean, yeah. you got the most, you obviously have the most aviation experience out of all of us. But, dude, I, I learn something new every single time yeah. I strap into that aircraft. Perfect. And um, if you're not, you're not. Gosh, trying. it's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, dude, am I getting this? You know, mm. and I'm not, I'm not doubting myself, or my capabilities or anything. It's just nope. like one of those things. It's like, dude. That was good. That was a good crack. That was a good crack. I might need one of those pretty soon yeah, you here. Just call me up, dude. Um, gotcha. Thanks, bud. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. dude, always learning and, yep. and, and fessing up to mistakes and talking about it, you know, in yeah. the wardroom or in the swimmer shop or uh, on the podcast. You know what I mean? Love it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right on. So 10, 14, 16 years in the garden. Boom. Yep. Nice. Okay. Ryan, memorable case. Like, what, what's a case that, that stands out to you? Oh, man. Got a couple of them, but um, we can come back and, yeah, and yeah, get yeah, a whole yeah. bunch later. Yeah. But let's just yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it. I'll give one good one. Let me uh, tell you my life. Well, story. I had one recently. So my wife is an investigator, okay. right? And so um, when like marine casualties, um, like a boat sinks or something like that, they'll investigate to make sure, like the NTSB of the Coast Guard, right? Sure, sure. I, I went on a case recently that her shop actually investigated that case, so I had to get interviewed for it and all that stuff. Oh, that's funny. And so it was hilarious, but. Um, they're like, are you sure that's what happened? And and I was like, yeah, because I distinctly remember taking a moment to uh, start teaching on the SAR case <laughs> because I had a junior co-pilot. So we talked about the dynamics of it and because I can't help myself. Oh, we get the back oh, place. Yeah. Oh, Dude, yeah. This is awesome. I love it. This happened yesterday with uh, with Joey. <laughs> Should we pause? Absolutely no. not. We're no, going to roll. You okay. keep rolling, dude, dude. Keep rolling. I love it. It's uh, in so, the background. No, this is the greatest funny. part about live, yep. you know, recording. <laughs> yep. You just take it and run with no. it. That dude looks cool right now. He's, he's, really, yeah. he's taking over. Yep. That's going to be Sam. He's got a cooler shark case. Yeah. That's going to be Sam while he temp steps. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go to. Definitely bad yeah, man. guy. Uh, oh, dude, no, I'll tell a different anyway. story, but that, that one was just funny because it was uh, it highlighted that I just can't help myself to teach sometimes, and the whole wardrobe made fun of me for that one. That's of, hilarious. Like, you're in the middle of a SAR case, just, and you're teaching because things change and we're just kind of floating around. Right. But um, no, my memorable SAR case, it was, I was going out with my buddy Alex Lloyd. He had been an aircraft commander for less than a month, and I was a senior co-pilot, and so pretty junior crew. Um, going out, uh, flight mech that had not had a live hoist yet, but it was his second tour, so he was pretty experienced. Uh, or he had very few live hoists. And mm -hmm. um, we get a report of three teenagers that are stranded in uh, Swiftwater. Oh, uh, snap. So we okay. roll out in the Smith River, kind of the north. It's the North Smith River, so it forks the north and the south uh, up by Crescent City in California. Yep. Um, it's maybe like 20, 30 miles, maybe like 
15 to 20 miles east of Crescent City, maybe not that far. Uh, so we roll up on scene, and these three kids had gone rafting, no life jackets or anything, and gotten stranded on in the rapids. But they were on the wrong side of the swift water. So the way the topography was, there's a road on uh, the south side of the river, nothing but forest and woods and everything on the north side of the river. And they were on the north side, uh, kind of stuck there, right? Yeah. So a Middle rope, of summer, by the way? Uh, was it summer May. or winter? It was May. May. Okay, yeah. so springtime. Okay. Springtime, but it's uh, well evening springtime. So it's getting dark, right? Okay. Uh, we're coming up on sunset, maybe around uh, uh, 6 o'clock at night. And uh, we roll up on scene, and there's a ropes team. They had gotten somebody across um, with a fire department with a ropes team. And we were talking about that to them, and they're like, these guys don't have life jackets. We're a little bit afraid. We think we can do this safely because we trained for this, but we think you might be the best asset if you can hoist them because uh, there something could go wrong in the transition, and then we got a kid without a life jacket going down the swift water, right? right. So we decided that, yeah, that makes sense because I always preach in my duty days of take ego out of the cockpit in the aircraft of receive feedback and give feedback, but also take ego out of the SAR case. Let everyone else do the job safely first, and you jump in if you're the last resort. Uh, so we kind of come to the conclusion, yeah, we're in. So we do a few more laps to get lighter uh, so that we can feel comfortable. It's a very tight hoisting area. We probably have like maybe three or four, we, probably about four rotor discs across this river. So we're really coming into a pretty confined river valley to set up in a 200-foot hover over the river because of the, foot yeah, because yeah, of the yeah. obstacles and the trees yeah. overhanging and yep. everything like that. And wow. we came up with the plan that we're going to, we're going to park in this hover. We're going to lower the swimmer, pick them up, left slide across down to the other, other bank and just drop them. So it's just a quick pivot yeah. across, right? Uh, that's you, our, um, real quick. Yeah. Were, were you going to bring in the survivor all the way up to the no. aircraft? So just short yep, haul, leave them just all yes. down by the water. I'm going to predicate all of this okay. very junior crew. I wish I had known then what I know now. And I teach. Don't we all? I teach yeah. so much of this. You know what you didn't know. Yeah. SR3 Absolutely. Rescue Concepts. I'm dropping that little <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, at this point in my career, AHARS instructor, writing the TTP, we talk about spins, pendulums, how to mitigate, how to prevent, uh, power management, all of this stuff that absolutely would have been applicable in this moment, probably would have brought them all the way up, right? And then... Slid well, over, maybe. dropped my dad. Maybe. I like maybe. where you're going with the yes. quick. I'll show you why it went wrong in this instance. Okay. Uh, just to preview it a little bit. So, swimmer goes down. They come up a little bit. We start the left side slide halfway across the river. Again, we've got like four rotor discs worth of space. So, we're, we're not moving that far, right? Yeah. Just enough halfway through the pilot at the controls, Alex Lloyd, who's a, one of the best sticks I've ever flown with, by the way. Oh shit, I can't see. You have the controls. The sun had glared the entire windscreen and blinded him immediately. Oh my oh gosh, geez. man. And so his comment was, oh shit, I can't see. You have the controls. <laughs> In the middle of a confined area with a 200-foot live body on the bottom of the hoist. And so I had to take the controls instantaneously, stabilize the aircraft, and hold where we were. And I had been looking at the back left because we were trying to avoid a tree and in the transition over that it was overhanging. So I had to flip my scan around to the front of the aircraft, take the controls, and stabilize the aircraft in that moment. Was this something that you 
thought could possibly happen or no. was it Were just totally unexpected? I was unexpected and unprepared. I mean, I had my hands near the controls, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. what I had been taught to do. Uh, but emotionally, I was not prepared. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's an eye-opening experience and I teach that now all the time. I'll always be ready to take the controls, right? Spatial D can happen in an instance and you'll never know yeah. why or when it happens. You just have to be ready for it. Yeah. Uh, for the other pilot because we do demanding stuff. Dude, I need to start training that, man. Like, you just brought up a really good yeah. point. Like, That's, that is... you're in the hoisting environment. Oh, like, shit, you got you somebody, like, and don't even let them know it's coming. Just yeah. say, you, your control is all messed yeah. up. Like, yep. simulated after that, probably. But, yeah. Yeah. Know. And so in this situation, we induced a pretty big pendulum, right? Because I didn't continue the slide. I abruptly stopped it, which induces a pendulum. Uh, we didn't know techniques to get rid of it, a transition forward, a, a power pull, um, a slide in the direction of the swing. We only, we honestly made it worse because we brought the person up, right? Okay. Which will increase yeah. the pendulum swing. Yep. Yep. Um, and so we brought them all the way up to the aircraft. We were able to, the flight mech muscled it out of the cable basically. Um, and the other pilot was able to take in controls because the blooming out had was gone at that point because uh, it had just been like instantaneous of where the sun was and the trees and the glare and everything. I was able to slide into a position that he could see. So we got that survivor into the aircraft and we're like, shit. Now what? We just briefed for 30 minutes as to how to save these guys and mm -hmm. now we got to change it. Yeah. yeah. So there was a parking lot, like a gravel parking lot by the road. We've flipped her back around and we're like okay that gravel parking lot let's put let's put this survivor down into there yep so um, you're gonna land no we oh, did, okay. we, we talked about it we're like should we land or should we high hoist well there's a we asked the ground party what's it look like down there and it's a lot of loose gravel man so okay high hoist stay above it put them down and then uh just drop that survivor down because we didn't think that we had enough power or wait to pick all three survivors up and then go to the airport. So we're like, we have to at least get one person out of the aircraft. Yeah. So high hover, a lot of dirt kicking up and a lot of references starting to get lost, but Alex stayed just above all of it, finished that hoist, put the survivor down, picked the basket back up, and we flipped back around to go pick up the last two survivors, high hoist again. This time it's stay in one spot, down and up, which being a good stick, Alex just held it like a vert surface, right? Straight down, straight up, grab them. And then at that point we went back to, back to Crescent City to drop them off at the airport. But it was just one of those SAR cases that one, shit happens real fast and you gotta be ready for it. Yep. And I look back on that case a lot because there are so many things that I think that I've learned in my career and that I want to embody into the fleet and train and that was one of the driving factors for why I want to be a part of the TTP for you guys like TTP the uh, search and rescue the SAR tactics techniques and procedures manual Got so it. Cool. it is the not a bible but the all of the old adages that you've ever heard in your career of this is how I did this that one time or hey have yeah. you ever thought about doing this it's yeah. finally the, wrote it down it's the art of SAR the, uh, the art of the SAR, art is, of SAR is what it is, right? Holy cow. It's not a manual, but it's a, hey, if you're ever in a bind, maybe try this. It's just adding to the toolbox. And uh, I've been pretty passionate about trying to add some of the, a, a lot of things to the toolbox because the more you know and the more you educate yourself, the more you can think outside the box, the more you can pivot your plan. And 
I mean, we would have done so many things different, I think, on that case. Yeah. And I did also, uh, there was a, a captain that I had one time that's like, hey, if you ever show up on scene, you're the Coast Guard and tell them what you need. We had a guy take a T-shirt out of the trunk of his car, hold it up while standing on his police cruiser <laughs> to tell us where the wind was. <laughs> that's because awesome. Because we couldn't figure out which direction wow. the wind was going down the valley. Yeah, well, that's hilarious. Right? Oh, and so, my God. like, you're the Coast Guard. Figure it out. Tell them what you need yeah. and let smart people figure it out because we're all on the same team, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. And like, like little that. lessons of like, hey, the wind's going to shift after sunset. We didn't know that. If we had stayed there any longer, we probably would have been hoisting with the tailwind and could have got hosed again Wow. on that one, right? So I actually, so I got two questions about that. Uh-oh. And the first been one, talking no, 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 a lot, I'm sorry. you're good, you're good. So my first question, you made a comment about just, you know, you want everybody else to do their thing first, to let other rescuers get in there. Yeah. I may argue with you on that Hit one. Hit me, please. I and, love this. And that was, so... You're in a helicopter. Yes. Like, the the amount of time it sets up rope rescue yep. and get people across, you can have it done in 10 minutes. Absolutely. You know, and and I'm not just, I'll, yeah. I'll use that scenario, but I'll use other scenarios of like that, you know, where you have guys that are hiking in six, seven hours to pull people out. Call a helicopter. Yeah. Go get them. Now, at the same time, there's risk versus gain, you know, but the way the safety aspect of flying and hoisting it's not as dangerous as everybody's like oh my god you're hoisting out of a helicopter yeah but we train for that yep. it's what we do absolutely so there is that that side of that I again I the it. argument side of it is why am I going to wait for everybody else to not be able to do the job and I can get it done in 10 minutes yeah, yeah. no you I know? think you're absolutely right so, I think the biggest um, reason that I like to talk about that is sometimes we want to get in the fight because we want to get in the fight. That 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 I, is I've seen mostly that what I try to. That's the reason behind yeah, why okay. I say what I say. Okay, is not necessarily like yeah, just let them figure it out, right? It's don't jump into the fight because you just want to be in the fight, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Don't hoist when you can land. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. hoist when you can yeah. land. Don't, don't like. Don't hoist when there's a boat yeah. right next door and yeah. says, "Hey, I can." Exactly. Don't yeah. pick yeah. that back injury that. patient up when you don't have a litter when there's a boat that's three minutes away I, yeah, that I can come grab them. Agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I love I love your counter because that is what I talk. That is yeah. what I mean by what I say. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. Um, the other one. Okay, so now let's talk the. We're going to call it a bit of an emergency procedure. Yeah. Your pilot lost visual reference because of the glare, right? Yeah. Again, I emphasize, I am not a pilot, (laughs) but I've flown with you guys enough. I have enough hours in an aircraft that I listen to you guys a lot. So first question, it's going to be, what is your procedure now? Should that happen? Number two is, would there have been a possibility of him... He gets the glare. Go back to where you came from, where the last place you could see. So if you're moving from uh, right to left to go to the back to land, stop and move back to the right and yeah. just announce that, hey, I lost visual. I got to go back to the right instead of, hey, you have the controls. Because what if you can't see? Yes. So yeah. now, now you've put the aircraft and the crew in a really bad spot because he's tried to just let go, you know? Yeah, so, and I think okay. that that's one of those scenarios that it's a junior aircraft commander in a stressful situation and in a situation they've never been in before, right? Yeah. Suddenly losing all visual reference Mm -hmm. is terrifying as a pilot, especially because in that environment, we teach to use 98% external references for that type of hover because it's so much better and more stable even than the computer-controlled hover 
um, in that model, in that model, aircraft yeah. especially, yeah. right? And in the Echo, I would argue as well of a lot of times with the vert surface too, like. I don't know. I think we. I think sometimes this is. A, a I think we oversell it a little I th- bit. Yeah. I think we don't use the modes enough. That, I agree, and they're helpful. Yeah, for sure. I think that I would have argued using the modes initially in that to stabilize us, um, but I I do think that like in certain areas a visual scan can be better. Yeah. I think the Echo yeah. is significantly better than the Delta for gotcha. sure. Yeah. In yeah. That the phase. current H sixty five model yeah. yes. Echo, yep. but for very yeah. minute and finite hoisting, a visual scan can beat uh, the computer controlled. Yeah. Um, well, again, what? So yeah. what's your so procedure anyway, now? Sorry. Yeah, so procedure now you, is, is one, slow down. You're fine. You're in a stable profile yep. of, hey, I lost visual reference. Can you see? Like, And then transition to an interior scan with the crosshairs. I like I call it fly the video game, right? Oh, yeah, Stabilize yeah. the crosshairs on zero. You know you're not going anywhere. Love I can it. do this. And I actually know what that means. Yeah. And again, not a pilot, yeah. but I know what that means. I can do this at least initially, <laughs> right? At least yeah. initially of treat it like a night swimmer where you can't yeah. see crap anyway. Um, but we're dual piloted and we are dual piloted in this organization for a reason. Try to pass the controls. Yeah. Um, but be patient. But be patient, be patient in the pass. Totally. Uh, because we're clearing things. The back left corner of the helicopter is the blind spot. The co-pilot is head over the shoulder, wrenched around, trying to look back there. And so have patience in that. And that's recognizing the situation you're in in order to have that patience. Mm. Um, So that would be where I would go with that uh, as far as procedure-wise. Nice. Um, And it's honestly, in that moment, it's a junior crew. Yeah. And it's a scary situation. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, we can say it now, sitting over beers and stuff like that, but you put yourself in that situation and, and it's your going brain to melts. Yeah. And that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. everybody yeah. has to start somewhere and yeah, everybody's got to learn. Yeah. Now, I can And he's you, one of the best pilots I know, too. And if it can awesome. happen to him, it yeah. will happen to someone else. Well, and the other thing, so one of the things that I train right now, especially for lost reference stuff for pilots, is you came from a clear area. Like yes. If it, you know, you, whether you're moving forward, right, forward, left, left or right, you came from a clear area. So if at one point or another you lose your reference, go back to where you came from because it was clear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Regain your reference. Again, everything needs to be talked about amongst the aircraft. Yeah. That's hoist operator. That's pilots. Just brief yeah. talk so everybody's on the same page. The only Absolutely. downside to that is if you no longer know where here is. Yeah. Agreed. And that's yeah. where you... And we could talk about, again, <laughs> airframe dependent, yeah, some aircraft. Totally. But for me, it's making an abrupt yeah. movement with the aircraft. Hey, I've lost visual reference. Roger, you know, like I am now yeah. ready for you to either make an abrupt aircraft movement back to a, an area where you can see or fly away. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's fly clear. Away. You, yeah. you can see it in front of you. Yeah. And let, you know, and again, there's all these, well, what if, what, what if there's a basket on deck? What if there's a person on deck? Okay. Use that scenario. You can shear, you can cut, you can. You know, it's... You are okay. Yeah. You know, it's make an announcement. Everybody knows where this, you know, what's going on because you should be talking. So, anyway. No, sorry. I, I, I No, we, yeah. Like, pi- loss of r- visual reference. And this is interesting. Again, sun. I didn't even think about this. Yeah. yeah. My first to the west in the valley. Yeah. And my first rescue, though, the right side door of the pilot iced up from an ice storm. Oh, man. So, he can only see straight. Yeah. So, he's like in this weird position so the co-pilot sitting in the left was just holding it uh, at level altitude where he was you know going left right forward back so very interesting anyway split controls that's fascinating yeah yeah it's good stuff during a rescue yeah 
Another good case from Ryan. Yeah. Dang, dude. So Thanks, Lemmy. We'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> uh, if you get another one. No, thank yeah, you so yeah. much for sharing no, that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Sam, what do you got? I yeah. got to follow that up. Oh, yeah, man. you do. Uh, so, Again, I'm, just a memorable rescue yeah. one. I mean, this is what we hear. Everybody loves these stories. So Yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a favorite one of mine. Um, I think in particular because I got a chance to do somebody's first uh, rescue. Um, so I, this was somebody else's first, somebody rescue. else's first rescue. So this is when I, I had first arrived in Mobile <laughs> and we were, um, we were doing some night hoisting with our, uh, contract, uh, boat. It's an old 41 foot, uh, motor lifeboat that, uh, the Coast Guard had and, um, get this call says like, you know, we tell sector like, Hey, we got a swimmer on board. Like we can go out for the first our case. If you got one, like, all right, we have a medevac that we need. It's about 40 miles offshore. Uh, I think, I don't know if it was a shrimp boat. It might've been a fishing boat, but somebody was, in and out of consciousness, they were having heart trouble. So it was me, uh, Zach Geyer, um, Dave Garman was the flight mech, and then John Claridge was our swimmer. He's now in Astoria. So, you know, poor guy as a rescue swimmer, you guys know this, like going to Mobile uh, for your first tour is not, tough. you know, it's tough, right? Yeah. Like you want to get out there, you, you're hungry, you want to get some rescues under yep. your belt, and then you're sent to a training center where you're hopeful that you get some TDY time to Kodiak or you get a hurricane, you know, obviously we don't hope for hurricanes in the Coast Guard, but you like hope that that might be a chance that you get to go use your skills that you've been training. So, you know, John's there. He'd been there for maybe three years, two, three years. But uh, so nighttime, we head out there um, and it's pitch black and the weather was okay. Like that, like ceilings were fine. Visibility, uh, not so great just because it was so dark out. So, um, there was no visible horizon, so which, which made it pretty tough. Um, but we got out there, uh, and so the whole the boat was maybe 50 feet long. Uh, got them underway. They had a uh, their whole fantail, the whole back part of the ship was had a covered awning uh, with a ladder that went up through the awning. So we're like, all right, we'll put John down on the awning. He can walk down that ladder to the back of the boat inside. Package the guy. We'll bring him back to the awning, and then uh, easy pickup. We'll be on our way. Uh, so John goes down. Radio's back up. Uh, yeah, this guy's pretty banged up. He's in and out of consciousness. Real quick. Yeah. Easy hoist to get him down there? No problem. E- yeah, easy hoist. Just a, a classic, you know. Nice, nice. Under, like Coast Guard nighttime underway hoist, it, you know, just as simple as we normally train yeah. it, right? And uh, so next thing I know, I, I look down and I see John and two crewmen, like, fire carrying this dude out of the uh, out of the hull of the boat. And he is he's unconscious and he is probably i don't know 300 pounds there's no way they're getting this dude up this small ladder to the covered front deck and the only other place to take him from is the bow of the ship and so we're now we're looking at in my experience like i've been training diws uh you know dead dead in the the water water. so you know boat comes to full stop we'll uh, come over to the top of the bow put the rescue device or swimmer down uh usually not the swimmer but the device down uh, and then pick up the person. But what happens is you have a tendency to spin. Uh, in this you case, move the vessel. you start moving the boat, right? Yeah. Sometimes so you can, go ahead, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, I no. So some, sometimes, right, you can you can use the uh, uh, the rotor wash, the tail rotor, to try and keep the boat in the same spot. Sometimes you get enough power where you might want to just continue to follow the boat around in a circle. Um, and so. First of all, I should have listened to the more experienced pilot sitting in the left seat. He tried to communicate to me about them getting underway, and I was like, I think I'm just going to do a DIW because uh, that's what I'm normally used to. Uh, and and to backtrack a little bit, in the Coast Guard, we do these DIW hoists traditionally to the stern of the boat because the stern has got a bigger open area. It's right. right in this case we couldn't because it was covered. 
And to add to that, uh, so the bow of the ship, there was about a three by five foot space that John was in with this patient trying to pack it up. He just had the sling. So he's going to bring him up uh, with a Sapu recovery. And right behind him was this um, like four mast. They're, they just had a mast on the front of the boat that was about 20, 30 feet tall. So oh like it was like a really constricted area to try and get John uh, back up and out with this, with this patient. So and you don't even think about doing underway hoist to the bow either. It just doesn't no. even cross your mind. Yeah. And right? I, I want to jump back on that point after uh, finishing up the story. Cause I think that's really, I think that's really important, especially in a training scenario. But you know, so we get on there, uh, I have never, I've practiced a lot of DIW hoists in the Coast Guard and I've, I've had a few operational and they have never, ever been like I've practiced them. <laughs> they are always different. <laughs> They're always different, which I like. So good to hear. I routinely <laughs> yeah. tell people that like, hey man, change it up. Go do a bow hoist. Go do like, uh, don't just follow the boat. Let it spin all over the place. Like go from the opposite direction because you never know. Like I had another one where like it was spinning and it was also anchored. So it was spinning around in a circle around its anchor line while the boat was spinning 360s as we were trying to pick somebody off of there. But uh, back, I digress. Back to this, the case. Right. We get in there. Uh, we, we do get John up successfully uh, trying to keep a tight hover. Safety pilots helped me out. And uh, uh, after I get John back in the plane, I look at him. I was like, so what do we what do we turn around? Maybe like 90 degrees? And he's like, no, we just did like 470 degrees. So oh like we had done a full like one and a half, 360s or whatever uh, without me even realizing like a full 520, I guess that would be it. Thank yeah, you. Good I got you. Yeah. But <laughs> in fact, the matter is you're watching the boat. All, your visual is on the boat and you're just following as it's doing yeah. Circling. As or, it's or, circling. Yeah. Yep. So uh, got him up. Um, and so the ho- hovering part was difficult for me, but uh, I wanted to highlight John because he did a, such a phenomenal job. Like he's never had a SAR case before. He pivoted. He like knew he couldn't get the guy to the top. He moved him to the front. He protected the guy the entire way up with that giant mast and me trying to hold somewhat of an okay hover up there. Uh, and then we got him to the, we eventually got him to the hospital near uh, the base in Mobile and and I don't know what happened to him, but I think he was, I think he ended up being okay. Nice. Um, but back to Ryan's point too, like in the training environment, no, we normally train to the, to the bow yeah. uh, or to the stern of the boat. Um, and doing a, a DIW hoist to the bow of a boat is not easy. Uh, I will say that to anybody who tries to go out there and do it. Yep. Um, and my suggestion to them is have that boat get underway. So normally in the Coast Guard, we will be nose into the wind. Uh, we'll have the boat get underway about 45 degrees to the right of the wind line. This so is the book way, by the way. This is the book way, yeah. yeah so I, I want to emphasize that real quick because we're going to touch on that. Okay, ahead, yeah. Know. So, right, we are we are flying essentially in formation off the back of the boat, and yep. we're going to slide right to get into the back uh, the back quarter of the, of the ship to put you down uh, or to put our device down. Yep. Well, if you shift the boat to being 45 degrees to the left of the wind and you get in front of them, you can have them out your right window and you can be sliding left the entire time and you yep. can do a hoist with the same type of good power management. Uh, you've got a plenty of torque margin, better visuals, and you can kind of slide to the right and into the bow of the boat and then back away again. So obviously after that case, I, I practiced that and I've practiced it a number of times now, just using a trail line. Yeah. You know, just keep it, uh, you know, eliminate some of the risk by uh, maybe not putting the swimmer or the device down when you're doing it. But it is way easier. And man, do I wish I knew 
<laughs> I wish I knew that technique when I went through yeah. that SAR case. Well done. Well yeah, done. Nice job good. to you and your crew. So yeah. just for the record, that is why as swimmers, we get our ass kicked in school. Yeah. Because your first case, you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. And that's what you expect, huh? Yeah. Am yeah. I lying? No. It's, and then when you get it, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's why they beat us in school. Yeah. That's why they push us as hard as they do. Yeah. So props to your swimmer, man. Yeah, that's, man. That's like awesome. his ability to think critically in that yeah. situation and then adapt. Uh, like we certainly weren't planning on picking him up with a sling. That wasn't a that wasn't a thought either. Yeah. But I couldn't get a basket in there because it was too small. So it, you know, like he definitely pivoted and, and did a great job and. Kudos to John. It was so fun to have his first star case, too. Oh, that's it's, so cool. He's yeah. a great dude. Yeah. And Sam, if I can, like, I've been, um, it's cool being back in the fleet again teaching, like, SAR and stuff. This came up pretty recently, actually, for us. And when I was at HATS, I. Uh, what, at what? The Army High Altitude Training. Ryan school. collects hats. It's I a collect hats. Uh, organization oh. of, like, <laughs> yeah, mostly 78 year old dudes. Yeah. That oh, okay. I like the 90s. The 90s, the 90s Nickelodeon hat. hats the best. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, funny. so the Army High Altitude School, they're teaching confined area landings, power management in a cool. high altitude environment, right? I would, very the first couple of days, I would show up and be like, oh, I see this area. This is kind of maybe what I should do. And the guy, like, yelled at me. And the instructor, he's like, stop doing that. Show up. Describe what you see. Yeah, yeah. And I started implementing that in SAR with some of the, like, co-pilots and stuff of show up, describe what you see. And then come up with the plan of action that best fits what you see. Yeah. Don't show up like, this looks like a DIW because I guess the boat's DIW, right? It's like, show up, what do you see? And then go from there. And uh, that's helped me uh, in my career of being more open to the idea of not changing my plan, but just not getting stuck in the mud of a certain plan. Yeah, slow down, man. Yeah, yeah slow yeah. down. Just slow. Yeah. see. Slow is smooth. Smooth, smooth is, fast. is fast. Yeah. That's a good point because sometimes we'll fly out and like the transit could be 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And, and what do you do? You're talking about yeah. the SAR case that gonna you're going to get there. Right, what, where you, right. What's the plan when we show up? All right, guys, uh, this is what I'm thinking. This is what we got from sector whoever, right? Yeah. And does sector always give us the best information? Yeah. Nope. Not always. Yeah, they're sitting in a, <laughs> yeah. in a box. Yeah. So, so we're going off you know of this. They're feeding us the information that they're getting. That they have. That's so. true. And and I'm not blaming sector. Nope. But we have this information. And sometimes we like to hold on to that information and, and, and formulate plans. And when we get on scene, we have a plan. Yeah. And sometimes we stick to that plan, even though we see things are not quite the way they, they were described. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's I, what I, I like that, dude. That's actually what I was teaching on that SAR case because we rolled up on scene and the boat was pointed one way with regard to the wind. And we're like, oh, cool. This looks like a right seat hoist to the back of the boat. Um, and then all of a sudden the boat shifted because it went DIW when it beamed to the seas. And I was like, oh, man, I guess it looks like things have changed. Let's reevaluate this plan. And like that we're teaching about how boats go DIW and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're like, yeah, reevaluating the plan on scene all and not time. being not being afraid of doing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we were talking to Matt Kolb over there at um, uh, Navy Flight School, yeah. you know, Coast Guard instructor. And and he, I, I may butcher this just a little bit, but he's like, very simple. Make it how you want it. <laughs> right. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah. dude, that oh, is I love so that. simple. Oh, because I love like, it. Yeah. 
okay, I have a vision how I want it. I'm going to make it that way, and it's going to be a good idea. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or, of course, be open to uh, other sure. people's things, but make it how you want it. And I was yeah. like, dude, I'm going to put that rather in my than toolkit. accepting oh, yeah. like crap. Yeah, you know, rather because than accepting I, a bad yeah. situation. I, I accept <laughs> crap sometimes, and I'm just like, I didn't really Why? have to do that, yeah. but yeah. But then I justify it by like, well, challenge me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thanks yeah. world for Why? this bag of crap. <laughs> Why? No, ask yourself, why are you, I mean, I'm all about a challenge and I'm yeah. all about making things difficult for you to learn, and, but why? Yeah. And here, um, hold on, let me throw one thing. Yeah. So let's say we go out and hoist to an offshore platform, a rig offshore in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. We could go to a super confined area in between all the rigging and stuff, uh-huh. or we could simulate the confined area and aim for the middle of the H in the middle of the pad so we have a clear flyaway or a clear landing and stuff. Yep. And we've done the exact same thing but at one way we actually put people and our equipment and crews at risk in the middle of you know x or we have a clear flyway yeah and when you can accept risk in training sometimes it can be good though because true you cannot simulate yeah the pucker factor nope um or just holding people to a higher standard of no you floated on that yeah we hit the middle of the h but you were a mess right. do that again right yeah. we need to be honest with each other of that because that's how you do what you just said better, right? Yeah, but why Why do I want it? And I, and I don't want to take away, because I, no, I love please. going down into confined oh, areas yeah, and yeah. stuff, and I love that. No, but I wouldn't say do that. Yeah, Exactly. No. <laughs> so if, I'm, if you're moving around over the H and you're having a tough time yeah. hovering, why do I want to be over all the confined area? Actual I don't. Confined? I don't. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, it's training, but you make training as hard as you want within the limits of actually... You know, yeah, so, aggressive, safe trading. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think Boom. we, I think we do get unseen, and like you start going down that path of that same plan. One because of our community just being always on the go. It's like go, go, We're go, always right, on the go. Right. And, and like for your listeners, yeah. right, the sixty-five. You get in the aircraft and you start it up, and we're already out of gas. Yeah, it's totally. kind of like the mentality, right? <laughs> we're just a fuel limited aircraft, which makes us make decisions quicker, which I think makes us yeah. uh, a pretty decent uh, pilot and aircrew uh, core, uh, oh, spe- specifically for getting our SAR cases done. But I think we sometimes forget that, yes, we are we have, we have don't have a lot of time on scene, but hey, 15 seconds of taking a few deep breaths uh-huh. and, and uh, yeah. you know, maybe one orbit around the boat, like that is a good place to start to just slow you down and then maybe identify those hazards that yep. you didn't brief or you didn't know about before you got out there and then you can continue that start case. Yep. 60 exactly. seconds is a long time yeah. and yeah. not a lot of gas. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's the good. That's a tactical great point. pause as I've heard it. Yeah, the tactical and, pause. Yeah. Ta- yeah. Take a tactical pause. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, one of the things you brought up in that and, and I thank you again for sharing that story. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, but you mentioned like when you guys come in and this is U.S. Coast Guard specifically, you ask the boat to go at like 45 degrees into the wind. So you guys are into the wind yep. and then you're you're going that forward and right fall on the vessel. That is the book world. That is, okay, I'm going to change to medical real quick. All right. The book world says a 120 over 80 blood pressure is normal. Okay. So I'm with you. That's a book world. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? If you're tweaked a little bit with your blood pressure, maybe you're a little bit under. Maybe it's because you're a super high-fit athlete and you have a, a better blood pressure than somebody else, right? So now let's go back to helicopters. Is that the best way to set up the boat? You know, maybe they're rocking and rolling and making it more difficult for you to hoist on at that 45 degree. Yeah. yeah. My favorite analogy is we are in a helicopter. We are the queen of the chessboard. We can go in any direction at any point in time as long as nothing gets in our way. Right. Right? Yeah. You can, I mean, rotate. Nose left. Change it. Yeah, change yeah. it. 
move the boat. Maybe it's got to be a left-seated hoist because of the dynamic of it when that's it's your a fly. Sh- it's a short-nosed boat. Go 90 degrees so that you're leaned way over to the right and you have totally. more visuals. Yeah. You and it's s- also like, how fast is the boat going? Yeah. We always say clutch ahead. Make yeah. them go faster. Yeah. Make Floor it. Yeah. 20 you know, knot hoist. Wait. Yeah, uh, buddy. Have you guys practiced that? I have. Yeah. Like, or maybe not. Doesn't have to be well, hold on, but wait a 10, minute. You're 15. through ETL yeah. at a what? calm. I've done a 20 knot yeah. tailwind yeah. hoist too. I've done yeah. yeah, 20, 25 knot tailwind hoist. That's absolutely good to practice, man. because now you do trail line. You have a you have a 30 knot headwind. Yep. You can't get the trail line on deck. You have a 39 a 30 knot tailwind. Yeah. Trail line floats. Yeah. yeah it goes right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Goes right to the boat. Yeah. So that's I love that because it, like there are limitations, right? Again, start with the book world and then alter to make it the best possible scenario. Again, all right, so let's go back. Why do you want to make it harder on yourself? You don't. Make it easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. Set yourself up for success. Hey, you know what? I don't even need you 45 degrees because now you're rocking and rolling at a 45 degree. You're pitching and the boat sucks. It's make getting that it. air metal case an LOC. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, work work the work the system to your advantage Absolutely. out there. And, and I, you know, the other one is like, yeah, have you done a, a 20 knot forward airspeed? Well, what if it's a 30 head, 30 knot headwind? Well, you're already in 30 knot headwind airspeed because you've got a 30 knot headwind yeah. coming at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, your rudder isn't going to affect the boat because it's no, way behind you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, you know, I like to say, Think like, critically. the more wind, the easier it is to hoist and the easier it is the guy on the hoist. But yeah, no, <laughs> I'm all about it. Start with the book world. Yeah. Because I'm all about the book world. I don't want to take that away. But then make it better for your situation. Yeah, I love th- it. I think it's important to train in all those uh, scenarios too, because we, yeah. we as a power limited aircraft, put our nose into the wind. Like, you want to find $9 out where, yeah, wind sock. we're at nine million dollar <laughs> wind sock. You want to find out where the wind's coming from. Look at a sixty five, because we're most likely going to be pointed into it. Yeah, but this aircraft hovers with a tailwind. This aircraft hovers with crosswinds. Yep. Um, are you comfortable doing that? Maybe not. Uh, how do you become more comfortable? You practice it, right? Yep. And it could be simply just, hey, we got a 10 knots of wind. Let's go uh, practice that hoisting profile over a runway, sliding with a tailwind, see how that feels. I got a perfect place down. My gear's down. I can just land if something, yeah. exactly. you know, something feels wrong, yeah, right? Yeah. And, then, and then you get to feel, you get to have that feeling. Uh, and then, like, you're just going to be a better asset when you get out there. So I did ramp yeah. hoisting the other day. Like, ramp hoisting could be super boring, right? Yeah. 15 knot left crosswind and the co-pilot was like oh man we're, we're leaned way over right now well yeah, yeah. you're in a different. crosswind <laughs> it's different right uh-huh. get feel that feeling yeah. right you can make seemingly benign dumb training days amazing yeah if you try right we haven't heard his favorite yeah. location no we're getting, also, there. We're getting there we also oh, have to ask him about Mark Wahlberg I heard oh, you know, should I lead with that or should no, I tell no, my no. story? I want to hear the first. good Let's song. Start I want to hear a good song. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, um, Matt, Mar- Mark Wahlberg is from Massachusetts, right? Yeah, no oh, big deal. Dude, everybody just knows that. Just, Mar- Mar- just, just wanted to make sure you yeah. knew yeah. 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 that he's America's wicked awesome. Hero. America's he is, hero. He's wicked awesome. <laughs> you know, he's short too, man. I, you, I, you would know because are you not close So I am a little bit. But you know, like some of the better actors are short guys. Tom Cruise, short yeah. guy, great yeah. guy. Um, yeah, I was surprised though, and I was like, you know, because I think I'm about five. I think I'm five eight, and um, five seven. So <laughs> I go on Google, and I'm like, how tall is Mark Wahlberg? And they said about five eight, and I'm like, that's bullshit, man. I I was next to him. He was not five eight. Shorter. Ah. Yeah, he's shorter than that. He's probably like five four, dude. Wow, but but right. Google says five eight. 
Yeah. Good for Mark. He's got the hair, though. Huge arms. His arms? He's got got cannons. Your arms are bigger, though. That's what I'm talking about. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Probably. Uh, my star case, uh, it's going to be another swimmer one, man. I had Love a lot it. of great experience. So I got stationed down in, in uh, New Orleans, and it was, uh, I think, the pinnacle of my Coast Guard career. We worked really, really hard, and we also played really, really hard. And I was in my mid-20s, and I didn't have a whole lot of responsibility, and life was good. Love it. Yeah, man. Um, it was, uh, gosh, it would have been, um, I'll tell you, basically, I, it was like a fall of one year. Got called out. And uh, this is going to be really, really quick. And then I'm going to jump six months later. Uh, We uh, got a call out for a shrimp boat captain with an amputated leg and uh, packed a couple extra tourniquets. We went out, pulled this guy off of uh, the shrimp boat via basket and took him back to the hospital, dropped him off. And um, I think we saved his life. He was was bleeding out. Um, Spanish-speaking crew. He was the guy who we were communicating with on the radio. Um, the guy with the amputated leg. Oh, man. Yeah, so we're flying him. out. Whoa. Our wow. uh, aircraft commander is doing the hoist brief, and he goes, okay, you know, lower stow, um, all your loose gear, rigging, uh, booms, flagstaffs, all that stuff. That's really and, good, uh, by the way. Nice brief. I know. I almost have it memorized. <laughs> and, uh, hey, this is going to be a bath. I'm sorry, we're going we're gonna to lower a rescue swimmer, and then we're planning on doing a basket recovery of the patient. And he goes, okay. Uh, I guess I'll let you guys go and get ready now since you'll be picking me up soon. We're like, wait a second. What? You're the dude that we're, that it has no leg. So wow. lo- get lowered down. crying in the corner. Sorry, <laughs> oh, man. man. I'm not talking about These the guys radio. are tough. Wow. Um, shrimp boat captains and, and a commercial fishing crew in the Gulf of Mexico are tough dudes. Yeah, tough dudes. So anyways, six months later, the SAR alarm goes off. I'm on duty. And they go, hey, we got a shrimp boat captain in the Gulf of Mexico with an amputated leg. <laughs> Six Same months guy. later. Yeah. Same guy, different leg? Uh, <laughs> that, would be, that would be a funny story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bad luck. Um, so I'm like, dude, cool. Like, I'm not as nervous now. I've seen this before. I know what I need to do. I'm bringing another tourniquet. And uh, let's load up and let's go. So we fly out. And uh, very similar circumstances. Spanish-speaking crew. Somehow they're able to relay a message to the Coast Guard that we needed help. Um, we get on scene, not really sure what the circumstances are again because it was Spanish speaking crew. We had like, we just knew that this guy was hurt and he was missing a leg. Um, so basically, the Gulf of Mexico's kick in that day is nasty. And the shrimp boat captain goes, Hey guys, this is a risky evolution. I'm going to uh, drop anchor and we're just going to post up until, until the storm passes. So basically, you talk to the crew, we do the crew brief and. Um, the guys are like, well, uh, yeah, they're DIW. There's rigging everywhere. Uh, we'll see if we can get you on the boat. If not, then, you know, we'll have you swim to the to the stern. And I'm thinking, you know, from, from a, a swimmer perspective, I'm like, how are we going to get this guy off if it's going to be so hard to get me on this boat? And also, he's 300 pounds, 6'4". Oh, man. Minus a portion of his leg. So maybe he's like 295 or something like that. You know what I mean? Dang. And uh, so anyways, get to the the boat. And and his crew was more than eager to help me out. I go up to him. They did like a makeshift tourniquet to stop the bleeding. It's basically like tightly wound cotton uh, wrap towels or something, T-shirts. And uh, basically what happened, the guy was dropping his anchor chain or dropping an anchor, and the anchor chain paid out from port uh, hole on the on the starboard bow side, and he stepped into the bite of the chain. Uh, left right. side. Ooh. Okay. 
Starboard drive. Right. I know. Starboard I, I said that. right. Come I'm just on, messing man. with. I'm messing around. Got him. Hey, <laughs> got him. You're a sailor. I just dude. want to make sure you guys, you guys were tracking. Oh, okay, okay, I just yeah. make sure you're yeah. listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he stepped in the, the bite of the anchor chain. It grabs his leg and it pulls his entire body to the port that the chain's paying out of. And it pops his leg straight off into the Gulf of Mexico. He laid there bleeding. Oh, my yeah. So we ultimately, uh, myself, his crew, carried him back to the stern of the boat. And I said, hey, guys, uh, radioed up to the helicopter. I said, hey, want to do a, a trail line um, with the litter, and we'll keep the trail line attached. Um, and, uh, and then you guys can pick me up after you, you, know, you hoist him up. So got the litter, kept everything attached, pack, packaged him up, um, sent him up, and then I got picked up. Uh, dude, we transported him to Lafayette. Uh, hospital over there in Lafayette, uh, Louisiana, probably the closest one. Dude, I was smoked, man. I uh, I think I was like dehydrated. I had a puddle of sweat in the in the bottom of my um, dry suit. You know Ooh. the little booties. Yeah, it was gross, man. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I was I, oh helicopter was out of gas, so they they of dropped course. us off. As soon as you guys take they off, they bounce. They go get gas, and I'm like kind of I'm just hanging out there waiting for them to come back or pick me Ooh. up in the GV. And um, the best part was the nurses and doctors and a drug rep, they're like, hey, man, you hungry? I'm like, yeah, dude, I got blood all over my stuff. Um, and they're like, just come up, have some gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Dude, I was eating gumbo and the, and the, uh, the rest of the crew showed up in a GV or something like that to come pick me up uh, or a, uh, you know, a crew car or something yeah, from yeah. the FBO. Hero dude, it was cool, man. Hero status again, man. It was cool, dude. a swimmer, just like I said yeah. before, dude. That's because you guys left us. Yeah, yeah whenever yeah, you put yeah. a swimmer down on a cruise ship, you got to watch out because they pull on the hoist hook to try yeah, to get yeah, you over to, toward Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I, no, I'm sailing to Mexico <laughs> now. Can I have a stipend? Toss my wallet. I say all this joking in complete respect because when you guys go down in some heavy, heavy seas in the middle of the night and it's Man. freezing cold and I got the heat going because my hands are cold, like, <laughs> I, honestly, like, you guys, it's incredible what you Thank guys you. do. It really is incredible what you yeah. guys do. Watching them do the surf swim at Ahars is usually, like, the eye-opening of, oh, shit, these guys, these guys on, can do Depends it. on the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's not an easy swim. Some no. people can't make it past the breakers, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Gnarly yeah, That's swim. definitely a, a pride swim, too, because you're yeah. like, dude, I'm I, I'm not going to be the guy that doesn't make yeah. it past oh, the breakers, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 When I went, so one of the years that I went, I, I made it through the breakers. The 860 had to come by to me because you always swim in buddies, so you go in pairs out. Yeah. And uh, I got out, and they were like, you got to swim back. They're just pointing to shore. I'm like, oh, I guess we got to swim back. Yeah. I was like, all right, we made it. We made it. <laughs> Turn around. So They told anyway. me to come back. Yeah. Um, that case in particular, kind of bringing it full circle. Yeah. I ended up uh, driving out and seeing this guy again. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool, man. I brought him a, I brought him a patch. He, I, I go, I go. What do you, what's your plan? You know, what are you gonna do? And he's like, dude, this is this is my life. I'm going to uh, get back on the boat in like three weeks, and I'm gonna get back to work. And I was like, dude, you are tough. Wow, that's awesome. It was cool, man. We provided, yeah. dude. The Coast Guard provides a good service. Oh yeah, yeah. To American, you know, yeah, citizens. Gifts to anybody, right? Yeah. Is is you don't uh, need to be a citizen. No, you yeah. don't have. Yeah. You, you that's why it's just being. Yeah, no, it's it's anybody. Like I, you know what? Let's let's talk about it because we're serious. The, the Astoria, you know, the guy stole the boat. It got rolled over. Everybody has seen this yeah. on Instagram, you know, and then, you know, the Coast Guard goes and rescues him because he yeah. called Mayday. Yeah. Well, there's you know? some 
way funnier parts of that. I know. Were. Don't even. Don't even. Don't even go there. You're gonna talk to him. You're gonna talk to him. The crew yeah. is coming. The crew. No, okay. we're not. We're not sharing. We're just teasing. Yeah, you gotta no, talk to those guys. No, it, I am so excited. I, so I've talked to those guys, but uh, seeing you guys are here now, you know, thank you for those stories. Like that's that's freaking awesome, man. Good job. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah. Crushed it. Uh, Happy to share. Crushed yeah. it. Really. Killer. Your whole crew and. You know, like it, just hoisting down through the rigging of a shrimp boat like that is, holy cow, that's Nuts. that's tough. Oh, as a hoist operator, and you know, I can say that now because I hoist. And dude, it's it's legit to get into a confined area like that. Yeah, it is a hard thing to do. Yeah, you know. What, so. so I'll share one thing real quick too, and and and, and this is something I thought about, like uh, in regards to the locking hoist hook, right? So like, why do we lock the hoist hook? Why shall it be locked? Uh, when we're doing litter deployments and recoveries. Worst case scenario, if you did not lock the hoist uh, hook and you're, you're pulling that, um, basically whatever the rescue device is, uh, through all that rigging, what happens if it clasps onto one of those like oh, yeah. pieces of cable that are just you know out in one of the trawling arms or something like that? Dude, you're done. Oh yeah, yeah. You're done yeah. and you're stuck and you're probably gonna have a serious oh shit moment. So yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's my plug for Lock the hoist hook. Mm -hmm. It's important, uh, more so than just you know maybe the V ring lifting off, because it's, that's probably Dynamic less. Rollout. That's yep. probably yep. Exactly. That's the term I was going to use. Nick, can I, I ask know. you a question? How important is it to you your prior knowledge? How much has that helped you in your essay or just the way you conceptualize SAR cases? Which would be how situational that, awareness. Yes. Wow. How has that helped Damn. you in? Like in your career, you guys are crushing it. I think I think all, uh, there's two things that stick out to me. One, being able to visualize where the hoist hook, hoist cable, rescue swimmer, or device is relative to my seat position yep. and where it needs to go. Um, the rescue or the sorry, the flight mechs conning us in. But I'm also maybe one step ahead. Like I think I know where it needs to go. He's providing me, you know, the clear guidance to get there. Um, so that's the first part. And then the second part is uh, just communicating with the crew, right? So I feel like sitting in the back of a helicopter and listening to hoist briefs and hoists and all those evolutions for all the RT2s and RT4s that we've done, dude, that's like, that's stuck with me. And you, I can pick up on cues sometimes that's like, all right, the flight mech is now stressed. Like yeah, something yeah, that yeah, might yeah. not be going smooth. Yep. And it might be my fault. I might be making him stressed out. Maybe yeah. I'm not holding a good hoist right now. Um, that would be a good hover. Hover, thank you. You're correcting me <laughs> left and right. He's good. Yeah, he's um, good. I'm trying to help the listeners, man. How do you yeah, help you. junior pilots that don't have that experience? We're not prior max oh, swimmers. Oh, can how I answer this them? one? Yes. Yeah, please. Put them on the hook. <laughs> yeah. I, let me ask you something. Uh, Ryan, have you ever ridden the hook? No, we got weathered out that day. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, Sam, have you ridden the hook? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. This is something that I highly recommend yep. every pilot do. And I, and I mean that. Like, it's not scary. It really isn't. But you have a perspective. And if you have, like, some sort of way to listen to what's going on in the aircraft, like an access system, so then you can hear the con, the brief, the, the flight mech, because you guys are flight mechs, hoisting, you understand what's going on in the back. And I you're like, that. oh, yeah. oh, got it. All right. Yeah. He's at the cabin door. I'm booming in. He's coming inside the cabin. So when your eyes are out front or fixated on whatever visual references to hold that hover now you're like oh I, you know exactly what it's doing because you've been on the hook yeah. okay sorry what were you going to say no that's on, good <laughs> um, so those are the two pieces right being able to kind of visualize like what's going on below me and then to the comms piece and trying to pick up on on subtle cues that maybe might not be familiar to a newer pilot right yeah yeah it's like okay I'm picking up like 
okay, we're crushing it. Like we're, the comms are smooth, uh, clear, confident. Like we're we're going places. Or hey, Flight Max voice is starting to get shaky. Yep. Uh, something might not be going smooth here. Like yep. um, so, those are those are all important cues. Uh, another another little plug here for folks that uh, would probably benefit. Uh, maybe pilots, perhaps, or flight max. Dude, put them on the back of a boat and tug on that trail line with some rotor wash going on. Right. Not as easy as mo- most things. trail line stuff. No. Dude, it's like wrangling a little anaconda yeah. steak, man. It's not easy. You know, things <laughs> shaking around. <laughs> Every- Sam, why are you shaking your head right Nothing, now, dude? dude. Nothing. You never wrangled a snake before? <laughs> no, no. I hate no. snakes. Come on, I man. I haven't particularly wrangled any snakes are you, in my day. Uh, when, when you tend trail line or tag line, you probably call it tra- tag, tag line, line now, right? Tag line, trail yeah. line, guideline. Are you a, are you a stand up ten ten the tra- uh, tag line or, or trail line guy? Or are you a take a knee? I was always a take a take a single knee and then tuck that uh, excess underneath my knee. That's what I like to do. I take okay. a knee. Um, I have better stability. Yeah. And I feel like I can te- I can keep the trail line, tag line, guideline, whatever you guys want to call it. Yeah. Uh, like right in between my knee and then my other leg that's up. Yep. So that uh, I know where it's going. And then I always strategically place myself depending on where the aircraft is going to fly away so that I'm not going to wrap up anything. So there's Dude, you're good. There's well, there's little nuances like you start learning. Yeah. You know, um it, it's it's amazing what experience does and this is another thing that I love about the podcast community is that we're sharing stuff that we've learned putting it out for everybody to be like, oh, that's bullshit, or, well, I'd never do it like that anyway. Yeah. You know, and be like, okay, cool. Give me a better way to do it, and I, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that. so I like to take a knee. I keep the tagline right in front of me, or sorry, trail line right in front of me. Uh-huh. And then, you know, there's other things that I like to do. Um, yeah. Do yeah. You, I mean, you just asked us about our favorite SAR case, but do you have a, a particular one that you've done with the Coast Guard or you, you've done with your job now? Um. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a couple actually. Yeah. I, but this is not my. This we can turn the other one. The other <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. You know, for me, for the real rescue episode one, episode one hundred. Those are my two biggest star cases okay. that I had. Okay. The first one uh, landed me an air medal, and my the whole crew earned an air medal on that one. That was amazing. And then I earned the distinguished flying cloth up in Alaska for saving a couple guys off the boat. Uh, episode one hundred and one. One hundred and one is my the captain that I saved in the prequel so you hear Dang. everything that he have that happened on the boat before we showed up wow. the explosion that's the cool. fire the whole night dude that's so, great yeah so Check it was, it it was fun yeah uh, anyway yeah so yeah well, I'll listen you, to it you can ask me when I'm on Flight Suit Friday okay, okay. and then okay. I'll, I'll give you some money <laughs> gotcha. you gotta ask Nick how he um, knows Marky Mark though oh yeah Marky Mark okay so we did uh, Air Station New Orleans again no um, big deal Man, uh, let's see the the, the Mopic, the Motion Picture Crew. It's like a chief and a warrant officer. They come out from uh, Hollywood, or sorry, yeah, L.A. Right, and um, that's where they're stationed, and um, they're coordinating the Coast Guard's, um, I guess, uh, responsibilities for the uh, Deepwater Horizon movie that's being filmed right yep. in town. Um, and uh, I thought we were just going out to fly around and like they were just going to take some aerial uh, videos of us or something like that. I, you know what I mean? Like this one of those things like you yeah. show up and you're the like, swimmer never know really okay. knows what's happening. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we need you to be this spot this time. Roger that, sir. Not all this. <laughs> Next thing I know, man, I'm all mic'd up and Mark, like they have us in a, uh, we're, we're, we're on deck and there's cameras around us and we're spinning and we're all up on ICS. And uh, Peter Berg, the director, I think that's his name, Peter Berg. Yeah. So yeah, that, right. I'm not, I don't yeah. remember. He, uh, he goes, hey, man, um, this is what we're going to do. 
we're going to have Mark Wahlberg sit like backwards, um, facing backwards, right behind the pilot seat. And uh, I want you to straddle him, and he's going to try to fight to get out of the helicopter. And I was like, like, why would anybody do that? That seems <laughs> weird. And he's like, do you guys administer drugs? And I was like, no. He's like, all right, well, all right, we're not going to do that. But there, his vision was... Marky Mark acts up, tries to get out of the helicopter because he's delirious because you know he just went through this event, yeah. and and he thinks it's an ambulance for some reason, yeah. and and uh, the director goes, and I want you to shoot him up with like a tranquilizer or something. I'm like, yeah, it's not something we do, man. Like, <laughs> it's really kind of a strange concept. You just pin him down, and be like, listen, yeah. you, you're with me, I own you. <laughs> and Sorry, Mark, Mark, Mark. So he, so he, 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 you know, we do a couple takes, and he's fighting to get out of the helicopter, and I have to grab you him and to put fight him and Mark put him Wahlberg? back up, you know, push him yeah. back up against the the pilot's chair, and um, yeah, man. Um, That's cool. I, everything I just told you is a complete lie. It actually never happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mark so Wahlberg, if you hear this, <laughs> heard you lost a fight to a wrestling swimmer in the oh, house, man. What? If you yeah. want to get on our show, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was cool, though. It was a cool experience, and we That's ended up cool. flying around. Um, uh, yeah, dude, that's all I got for that. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Like was that. he cool? It's an awesome story. Yeah, you know, I thought, like, it was kind of weird because... It's like a one night stand, you know. Yeah, I was like, you got pretty he, up he, close he, and personal. He, he he showed up, and then like we did our thing, and then he kind of walked away, and I was like, no small talk, no nothing, man. Like, I <laughs> no, think I think he shook uh, my hand. Yeah, no yeah. swag, no no swag. He broke up with you quick, man. Oh, dude. Oh, it was yeah. disappointing. He, he left just, you. Yeah, not. <laughs> he was like, I'll call you later. He was well, <laughs> and then never <laughs> and did. never call you again. He was just not impressed. You know nope, what I mean? Not <laughs> impressed. Yeah, I had a poor performance, and he let me know that. Dude, that's awesome. All right, guys. Listen, we've been on for about an hour and a half, man. Oh, so I'll tell you what. Let's let's start wrapping this up a little bit. But uh, you know, I like to ask all my guests to come on. You know, a little advice you'd pass on to those. And I've got three guys with 10, 14, 14 and sixteen yep. years of experience in the Coast Guard. Like, what would you pass on to some guys that are not in the Coast Guard? You know, stuff that you do, stuff you've seen, how you train. Just just a little piece of advice, Ryan. Oh, one's looking at me. Yeah. Uh, look, I said this on one of our earlier shows, but it's been a mantra that I've been kind of instilling lately. It's that what we do is not a hobby and be intentional with what you do. Choose a landing spot and land there. Choose a hoisting spot, hoist there. Aim small, miss small, and stop just treating this like a hobby because we do this professionally and take yeah. it seriously. And when the alarm goes off or when the call goes out, you need to be at your best and you need to be at your best even if you're not there, right? And really feeling it. We've all had off days. You need to win with your B game. And so you've got to train hard and be ready for that and be able to win no matter what game you're bringing to the table that day. And it, it begins with always being intentional when you fly and just not treating this like a joke because it's not a hobby. It's for real and the stakes matter. And so treat it like that. Mm. I like it. I like it. Always getting better. Yeah. Uh, we got the chance to record with the uh, Brotalian guys uh, earlier today. And I'll use the same thing I said uh, to them because it, it sums it up for me in a few short words. But be hungry and be humble. And I think that can kind of, I mean, it obviously translates in the aviation industry. But for those who are interested in it or interested in anything in life, like be hungry about whatever that thing is that makes you excited. Um, get after it. Get better. Uh, and then be humble about it as well. Like, 
you will be able to relate with people a whole lot better with a little bit of humility than with some bravado and like you're the best. So steer clear of like the bravado and being the best uh, and letting people know that and, and have a little humility as you're working through a couple of those things. So it's helped me in my time. I think uh, I definitely started earlier in my career. I was a ship driver back before I started flying. And uh, I screwed up some stuff, and then I thought I was really good, and then I screwed up some more stuff again, and then I, you know, I looked at myself. I still have a sticky note uh, from when I was an ensign, like you know, 12, 13 years ago, uh, and it says "be humble" on it, uh, and it also says everybody makes uh, mistakes. Very rewarding as well. Uh, we talked about a couple cases. Um, sometimes the outcome's not always the best, right? But yep. when you have one of those outcomes where you're like, you know what, man, I think we were the solution that saved this person's life. Uh, you can ride that high for a couple months. Yeah. You remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's a good feeling, dude. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for the folks out there that uh, maybe be maybe are interested in maritime search and rescue or search and rescue or aviation, uh, just know, hey, it's, it's very challenging. It's not, it's, it, sometimes it's hard to get into, um, but uh, when, when you do it, it's very rewarding. Right. Yeah. Hey, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small gotta, group of us, This is something you got to work for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, you know, Helicopter World in general is a very small community. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you dive into search and rescue in the helicopter community. That's even smaller. And I'm going to throw us in there. Rescue specialists, rescue swimmers. Yeah, now we're even smaller. So it's a... No kidding. You know, you just keep dwindling down, down, down. You know, like, all of a sudden you're talking to a guy that was in Kazakhstan and you're like, hey, dude, I... Weren't we just together over there in such and such country? Yeah, yeah. No, we were. Yeah. So it's it's cool. So. Yeah, absolutely. Can I add one thing? Take care of yourself. Oh, love it. We love it. Take care of other people, and obviously you want to take care of your family, but make sure you're looking out for yourself because this can be this can be a tough job sometimes, and so it's important to do that. But man, I love you guys' advice, Nick and Sam. That was awesome. That was sweet. Thank you. I love learning from these guys all the time. That's all I got, dude. Yeah, Sam's just only, full of advice. No, that's the only one piece nah, of advice. Man, you just got to give him a couple more beers and he hits you with more. He's so wise. <laughs> He's so oh, wise. So freaking when he has wise. his mustache, he's even wiser. That's yeah, <laughs> that is true. Right now, he just looks like a turtle or something. He looks so bad. You're absolutely right. Oh, man. Sorry. Love I'm just it, guys. I love it. You guys, I absolutely love this. I, 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 we could literally sit here and talk for another hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I would not be upset. Um, I know everybody else is like, holy cow. I can't believe it's like already over an hour and a half right now. So um, let's catch up again. And Please. if I can get you guys back at one point or another, yeah. man, yeah. I'm all about the stories. I'm all about the lessons learned. It helps everybody out there. So yeah. love what yeah. you're doing, man. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Your I appreciate what you guys it. are doing. Yeah. You are crushing it. It's great. Too. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is it's awesome. Important. Well, I appreciate you guys. And uh, again, special shout out to the U.S. Coast Guard for letting us get this booth together for us to record here at HAI 2023. So, GoCoastGuard.com. Yeah, join us. Let's do some cool stuff. Right on. I love it. Because those in distress are praying for a miracle. They're going to get you guys. Whoa. Uh oh. <laughs> That's. Ooh, uh oh. Done. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. We say goodbye. But never let go